comeback quarterback number 19. Bernie, Bernie, oh yeah, how oh, you can throw. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bernie, Bernie, oh baby, Super Bowl. It's 6B's 1P with your host, Brian Costco, Chris Poland, David Obenauer, and musical guest, Smash Mouth. Oh, no. Oh, Smash Mouth here? That's right. All right, Don Pardo, everybody. Hey, shouldn't we get the name of the show right, though? What did he call it? What did I say? What, I mean, what, did, what did Don say? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's breaking the fourth wall. <laughs> Isn't it six Bs and a P? What did he call it? Six Bs, one P? Either way. I mean, Don I Pardo. mean, the guy's dead. If we if we had to channel him again <laughs> to correct that, right. it's a little, I don't know. To be fair, Leroy Kelly once called this show Six Pies in a Pod or something like that. <laughs> or something like that. We're running, we're running something awesome. like that. Yeah, thanks, Doc. I Don. feel like he would have wanted to fuck off. It's close <laughs> enough. All right. I agree. Welcome to Six Bs and a P. I am, as mentioned, your host, Brian Costco. Join in what I will coin off the bat, despite how angry we're going to get at the Browns. What will be the most pleasant episode of Six Bs in a P ever because of my co host, Chris Poland? That's me. David Obenauer. Hey, everybody. Don Pardo. Oh! <laughs> Is he being choked? It kind of sounds like he's being choked back there. It's what uh, I like! Okay. <laughs> We're not here to judge your lifestyle. We're just here to talk about the Browns. Or in this case, we're going to try to avoid talking about this game at least too much. Are you guys cool with that? Yes. Awesomely cool. We have some other stuff that's way more entertaining, but the Browns lose 30 to nothing in Cleveland to the Cincinnati Bengals, who are now definitely in first place in the AFC North. The Browns are in last. That feels a bit comfortable at 7-7 seven and seven now. Wow. One of the worst games I've seen, especially if you even start to factor in expectation. Yeah, that thought of going eight and eight seems all the more elusive. Yeah, seven and nine seems a bit more real at this point. It was funny listening to the uh, uh, Browns official radio show or whatever, and everybody's just like three and zero in playoffs, and yeah. There it is. Can't even get like more than three first downs. No. Most of those by penalty, right? Yeah. Johnny Manziel, Johnny Footballs. Mm. Terrible game. I'm trying to pull up the stats right now. Just the worst. Two interceptions. Like, I don't. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> right? I mean. I, in Mansell's yeah. defense, everyone looked horrible on our team that game. Like, nobody was helping him at all. I mean, he didn't do anything himself, but neither did anyone else. 
that is worth pointing out, and we should talk about some of that. But I, I think that sums it up. I don't even know how much more we have to talk. Everybody was terrible. Yep. Yep. I don't think there was anybody. Well, I mean, our secondary looked pretty good. I mean, Andy Dalton didn't do anything except for give the ball to Jeremy Hill. Like that's all Andy Dalton did all game oh, long. Such a dickhead. I forgot to put that in the outline. He, I hate Jeremy Hill. Yeah, I think the one awesome part of the game was when he tried to jump into the dog pound and they totally just stiff armed him down. That was that was I, true. I saw that reference as the best play by anyone in a Browns jersey. <laughs> I think that's accurate. Yep. It's the only time somebody in a Browns jersey. Jersey stopped Jeremy Hill from doing something. Johnny Football, 10 for 18 for 80 yards, two interceptions. He was sacked three times. Oof. Doctor. (laughs) There were a couple drop balls, like decent passes on Johnny's part, but I mean, like, a couple is in literally two. So. Yeah. Oh, whoa. See, this is what happens to Ian. You start looking at ESPN.com and weird, like, quick trade commercials start playing. Um, but stats is not here. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's not even worth getting into. There's a tweet later in the episode that will tell you a bit more. But no defense. And, and the thing about no defense here is that <laughs> Dalton sucks, first off, and we've talked about that on this show. But on top of that, he played terrible. He really didn't play that great. Yeah. And, Dave, you mentioned the secondary, you know, kind of showing up a little bit. Of course, Hayden Hurts, so is Gilbert mm-hmm. uh, in this game. We're just running out of people on that defense. But Dalton didn't play that well, and they were still able to get 30 points. I mean, they just were dominating our offense. And defense. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, if it's a condolence prize, I think – Andy Dalton showed that they're going to go to the playoffs again and lose in the first round, as they have forever. Yeah, fuck them. <laughs> yeah, seriously, that was the other thing. Like, what a douchey team. I am really <laughs> glad that I'm not a Bengals fan, because they're a bunch of assholes. There you have it, America. <laughs> bunch of assholes. <laughs> I agree. And... You know, what did you guys, well, what did you think about the defense, the Bengals' defense, you know, getting it, like, taunting Manziel and stuff? I think it's pretty shitty. Yeah. It was kind of the first down. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What a terrible game. So, that's it. I don't want to talk about it anymore. We'll talk about some other. Wait, one more thing. Do you guys think at all that, the team completely gave up at a point. Anybody else get that? Yeah. Probably. I mean, it's well, it, yeah. how much of a, a momentum game football is, and I just, the momentum was always on their side. We gave up at about the half and started doing other things just with this game on in the background. Yeah. It, it felt very years past. Right? It was like you immediately were transported back. I mean, that's the thing. That's what this team is. They're 1-4 and four in the last five games. That's the Browns for you. I mean, even the last four games, though, at least, like, we were close enough to think, like, well, you know, if things started firing on all cylinders, we could win this. But 
I don't think I ever really held out hopes outside of the first quarter for this game. Like before the game started. Yeah. <laughs> that was weird. So, do you think that has anything to do with the team not backing Manziel? I don't know. Uh, when you say the team, do you mean, are you talking about this Bernie article? Well, partly, and, and that's a good segue. That was a good segue, Chris. You're doing this. Give you, uh, I gave Chris a couple hosting classes at the place I go. You know, I get points when I recommend others. And did that for the holidays for him, you know. Thanks, man. Yeah, it's really paying off, I think, already there. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, that whole idea of, like, and we heard this, you know, Hoyer is obviously the veteran. He won the locker room over, and then he just shit the bed the way he played for a few games. And, you know, Manziel, I mean, oh, it just kills me, man. I just don't – it's a bigger conversation maybe that we shouldn't have just yet. But I just don't – I'm not buying it. I don't like it. He got his fucking ass stomped in all day on Sunday. And it was from people that didn't want to hear – any more about him, you know, and yeah. I think that's like, and I just worry about like, how does that play in our own locker room? Does that have anything to do with like, because even in some of those games with Hoyer, they were down a bunch and would come back. Right. Yeah. The thing is, I would, I will say in Manziel's defense, I guess, like ever since he's been a Brown, like he hasn't done anything especially douchey that's made me hate him. Like, and actually in all of his uh, press conferences, he's come across pretty professional and uh, like right. he's kind of self-depreciating when he was talking about uh, Marvin Lewis's midget comment. Like, right. I don't know. Like he seems like, I mean, shit, the guy was a football star in Texas when he was like 20 or whatever. Like, how do you not be a douchebag? Like, and know. it's important to remember they they mentioned right before the game the announcers did that the second announcing team for Fox I'll mention Johnny Football we'll talk about that later too, but that that four years ago today he was suiting up for his last high school game. He's, yeah, I mean, wow. that's crazy. Think about that. Now you're thrown into like you know it's not a meaningless game. He got thrown into like a seven and six game against a better team. I think one would say. Uh, and it just didn't work out. But it wasn't – it gave me absolutely no hope. I'm interested, I guess, to watch these next two games. I hope they're not like this one, but we'll see. You mean hope for this season or hope moving forward? Hope moving forward. This season, I believe, is done. Yeah. Well, the thing to me, the I guess the one bit of hope is like seeing how shitty Andy Dalton was, but just to see, like, wow, if you have a good – offensive line, it doesn't matter too much. So, like, maybe if we just spend our drafts and our, you know, free agency trying to get that offensive line. I mean, we'll have Kevin Mack back, too, but, like, maybe if we can Wouldn't get that. Wouldn't that be great if Kevin Mack was our center? What's that? Alex Mack. But Alex Mack. It <laughs> oh, sounded like I knew what I was talking about. <laughs> That's unknown territory for this show. So bring it <laughs> yeah, back. I don't know. Like, I just feel like a good offense. How important now is Alex Mack? I mean, he obviously seems like that was kind of when it all started to turn. Yeah. Mm, pay the man. 
They did. <laughs> so, Chris, you mentioned Bernie blasting the Browns front office. That he did. Yeah, and ESPN and a bunch of other places all over it. Bernie's mad. He thinks that they fucked over Johnny Football, who wasn't ready. And he also goes further into this sort of line of thought, saying that this is just how it is. It's not a Johnny Football thing. It's been that way with Brandon Whedon and Brady Quinn and Tim Couch. He calls them uneducated. Yes, he says... Not, not, not the quarterbacks in question, but the front office. Well, a few of the quarterbacks, yeah. <laughs> Bernie says, quote, they don't know how to lead and organize and set a culture for doing what you have to do to play winning NFL football. You guys agree with that statement? Um, I feel like I've felt better about him this year, but it's it's still pretty young in that. So overall, yes. Hopefully, no. <laughs> Moving forward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's hard to argue the results. But I almost wonder, you know, like, I I really do hate to play the what-if game. I think it's a dumb thing to do, and we try not to do that too much, I don't think, on this show. It's time for the what-if game! Where's the music? <laughs> what if some other things happen than what really happened? So, um, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if? <laughs> so, seriously, though, think about Brian Hoyer obviously was able to be he, – he, I completely understand why he's not the starting quarterback of this team. He's not going to play for the Browns barring an injury probably ever again. Mm. I hope he gets a chance to start somewhere else and makes a little bit of loot. He's probably going to be like the Jets quarterback next year, though, and I feel bad for him. But – with a good offensive line, and that was one of our strengths earlier in the season, with Mac and with, you know, before some of the other injuries. Can you imagine that all season long with Gordon all season? Or for, like, the time Gordon's been back even? Like, the, the defense started to play much better as the season went on. Obviously, like... Not Sunday. I'm not talking right. about. <laughs> there was a chunk of games where the defense was just like totally lights out. Yeah. Yeah. And Mac and those people. And I understand injuries happen. So this is the what if game. But, but like bring, all the injuries happened. All yeah. of them. Like, you know, even Dansby and Taylor out for the year and Gibson. Like, you know, he was leading the league in interceptions. Still is, he might be. Yeah. Still is, he might be. <laughs> So my question to the two of you is, who, whose fault is this? If this is true, or at least we think, like, obviously over the last 15 years, we're, we're all saying that, I mean, I don't think you could disagree with that, but that hopefully maybe it's changed with Ray Farmer and Petten, you know, but, like, whose fault is this? God's because he hates Cleveland. Interesting. Chris? Cleveland because it hates God. <laughs> wow. We have ourselves a Cartesian uh, circle here. I believe. No, I, I don't know. Um, we don't know as fans what's really going on back there. We can wildly speculate, but, I, you know, I'm sure a lot of people are to blame, and I'm sure that there's some truth in what Bernie has to say. I mean, is it really anyone's fault? I mean, coming into this year, 
there weren't really high expectations for the Browns. So did we even exceed them, even if we go seven and nine? I think there were high expectations from some people. Yeah. And I also think, Dave, I gotta disagree too, because I think like I get what you're saying. Like if you had told me any of us in August that they were gonna go seven and nine, I would have been like, All right, high fiving people, like, hell yeah, why not? we we'll pick fourteenth instead of fifth. You know, like I'd be totally into it. But I think once your team is six and three and in first place, yeah. seven and nine sucks then. That's not the expectation anymore. Yeah. That's true. And I mean this team has totally on all levels at various times, and sometimes all of them at once, completely broken down over the past five weeks. Is that a like coaching ha- thing, then? Like having to take a uh, timeout after halftime or whatever. Uh, <laughs> yeah, what? The two-minute warning! Yeah. Two-minute warning, that's right. Unbelievable. Yeah. That is, And you're going to ever pretend that your quarterback is prepared. Man... Bruce Gridkowski wouldn't have taken a timeout coming out of the two-minute warning. Remember that guy? Yep. (laughs) So, you know, we were pretty high on Petten, too. I want to finish up this kind of Bernie, you know, this sort of culture that seems to have not... I think that's the thing. We all thought maybe it was starting to escape, and the last group of games in the last month and a half, and what we see in front of us and what we're being told is the future here in the case of Johnny football, it seems so familiar that it makes me want to barf. It's just like, it's like, this is exactly like, I remember all of this. Yeah. It's the same thing, you know? It's Colt McCoy. He's seriously not too far from Colt McCoy. He started Sunday along with Derek Anderson around the league. Oof. Should we trade back for one of those two? Probably. Derek Anderson had a pretty good game. I think they lost, but uh, we don't want Colt McCoy, I don't believe. <laughs> That's our official. Uh, real fast, I wanted to update. Well, no, I want to talk about Pet. Does this, how, you know, this team going one and four, obviously that has something to do with the head coach. This, this show and all of us have been pretty high on Pet. Does this affect your view of him at all? Uh, maybe a little, but I think it's way too early to tell. Yeah, and I mean, he is a rookie head coach, too, where, I mean, I think he needs to be given something of a learning curve. And, I I mean, maybe he's not good, but, like, at some point, do we just have to stick with not good and hope it gets better? <laughs> I think he's bought himself. I mean, this is a good first year to have, even 7 yeah. and 9, though. Obviously, going one and six over the last seven games does not look good. Yeah. Use the next two. So, anyway, one thing about Johnny Football is that more people care about Johnny Football. And I saw this thing before the game, and it seems kind of funny now. I still wanted to keep it in the outline for the episode. It seems funny now, but more, way more people want to watch Johnny Football on TV. And I saw this article on Deadspin. And basically, like, half the country got this game after he was announced the starter. Well, area-wise, right? Right. But it was all in Texas, which is a lot of people. Yeah, sure. And a bunch of the West. It was just kind of funny. Like, I think it was something like 50%. It went up from, like, 15 to 50%. <laughs> and I think it's, it's pretty hilarious. They changed the announcing team 
We got John Lynch and some other dumbass. Went from C team to B team. Yeah, we went from C to B. Take that, America. And then, like, we immediately showed why no one knows who the announcers of our games are. Oh, the Browns have zero. Do you Um, think that people got what they wanted? Do you think people wanted to see him fail spectacularly? Except maybe in Texas? I do. I totally do. I was listening to a little bit of the Browns postgame of that, you know, the local show last night, and people were calling in. Like, it's so funny. The media spent all week, like, blowing Manziel out of proportion and making a big deal. And rightfully so. I mean, I get it. I'm not trying to say that he should be immune from that. He was a very, you know, Heisman winner, you know, giant sort of, celebrity type athlete figure even at a young age and then ends up on the Browns, doesn't play all year, doesn't win the job, and he's going to get to play and they're still sort of in the playoff hunt and it's a big game. I get all of it, but they blow it so out of proportion and then he just shits the biscuit, you know, everywhere. (laughs) And in a way, I think that's what people want, you know. He's a cock, like, you know. He's a cock? He's a cocky guy. And I think sometimes people like that and sometimes they don't. It's an interesting uh, comparison with Tebow. I've heard him compare to him a lot. But it's like, you know, the douchey frat guy versus, like, the weird Christian guy. <laughs> like, instead of, like, you know, bending down and doing the prey thing, like, Johnny Football's, like, yelling fuck at the other quarterback and dressing as horny Scooby. So... Another thing I wanted to talk about, and we try not to get into politics too, too much on this show, but Andrew Hawkins of the Cleveland Browns, Hawk, as we lovingly refer to him, our boy, Hawk, love to have you on the show. Like, you know, it'd be cool. He uh, wore a T-shirt uh, referencing the murders of Tamir Rice in Cleveland and um, the gentleman in Beaver Creek. I think it's Crawford, John Crawford. John Crawford the third, right? I believe so. These are both, obviously, there's been some pretty heavy stuff going on around the country in regards to, well, I mean, the police just killing black people, I guess. I don't really know how else to put it. We have a podcast, so I'm going to put it back. <laughs> did, we, did we think the football game wasn't depressing enough? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're coming back real fast, America. We're coming back really strong after <laughs> We got wrestling, pie corner. What's the point now? That's not... Tweet of the week. Hot seat. Hot seat. Um, But Andrew Hawkins wore a t-shirt referencing the two Ohio uh, murders specifically. And for those of you out there who don't know, I don't know who you are, um, but you're still checking your MySpace and it didn't get to their... Uh, Tamir Rice was a 12-year-old boy who was shot and killed by the police in Cleveland, Ohio. And John Crawford III was shot and killed in a Walmart for holding an air rifle in the store that was from the store. Um, So that's pretty messed up. And there's also been some other things, of course, what's happened in Ferguson and what's happened with Eric Garner in in New York. And a lot of athletes wearing the I Can't Breathe shirts and, and talking about which I think is great. I think it's always good to use any platform one has. And this is a really big problem. Andrew Hawkins decided to bring a little attention to the two Ohio people and 
you know, the two people obviously from areas of the teams represented in that game. And, of course, the police didn't like that, and they demanded an apology, and basically the Browns and Hawkins refused to give them one. Do you know if it was the police or just... I thought it was just a police officer from Cleveland. It was like a chief of police, I think, or like a union uh, president or something. I don't know if someone else, anybody, find that. We're full of hearsay on this show as well. <laughs> Most items, whenever like you hear any of us mention news or like happened, like any of those keywords like that, it's, you know, it's... It is what it is. It might, may or may not be true. Some of it might be, some of it won't be. I mean, really. I feel like it, it has to be more difficult. Well, I, I don't know. I would assume it has to be um, more intimidating to do that as a single player than when many of your teammates join in with you. Right. It was the president of the Cleveland Police Union. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Ugh. Anyway... It seems like the wrong thing, too, to be, like, demanding an apology. Like, I, I don't know, even if you disagree with it, it's like, what sort of statement is that? Like, there's yeah, like, definitely validity in there, so you don't just, like, gag people and say you need to apologize for wearing that shirt. Yeah. We gotta go. You know what? I'm sending it over... This was a bummer first half of the show, and that's what you get. Browns <laughs> lose thirty to nothing, and police are killing people. Ah, we'll come back and talk about wrestling. We'll all go on the hot seat. How about that, everybody? Hot seat, hot seat, hot seat. Hot seat round robin, duck, duck, goose. We'll have tweets of the week, pay per view. Woo! On the first day of Christmas, Art Modell gave to me a Ridigliano Super Bowl team. On the second day of Christmas, Art Modell gave to me Don Cockroft kicking on a Ridigliano Super Bowl team. On the third day of Christmas, Art Modell gave to me Brian Cypapess and Don Cockroft kicking on a Ridigliano Super Bowl team. On the fourth day of Christmas, Art Modell gave to me Al Zeta attacking Brian Cypapess and Don Cockroft kicking on a Ridigliano Super Bowl team. On the fifth day of Christmas, Art Modell gave to me both the Bruins to attack and Brian Cypher passing Don Cockroft kicking on a Ridigliano Super Bowl team On the sixth day of Christmas Art Modell gave to me Newsome a-catching both the Bruits moves Al to attack and Brian Cypher passing Don Cockroft kicking on a Ridigliano Super Bowl team on the seventh day of Christmas, Art Modell gave to me Darden intercepting Newsome a-catching both the Pruitt's moves Alze to attacking Brian Cypher passing Don Cockcroft kicking on a Ridigliano Super Bowl team On the eighth day of Christmas, Art Modell gave to me the cardiac kids are winning, darting, intercepting, noose, I'm a-catching both the Bruits moves. 
Charles, Ada Wattack and Brian Cypher, passing Don Cockcroft, kicking on a Radigliano Super Bowl team. On the ninth day of Christmas, Art Modell gave to me De Leon a hike and cardiac kids a win and Darden intercepting Newsome a catching both the Bruins moves. Pals, Ada Wattack and Brian Cypher, passing Don Cockcroft, kicking on a Radigliano Super Bowl team. On the tenth day of Christmas, Art Modell gave to me Doug Deacon blocking De Leon a hike and cardiac kids a win and darting intercepting Newsome a catching both the Bruins moves. Al's to attacking Brian Cypher passing Don Cockroft kicking on a Radigliano Super Bowl team. On the eleventh day of Christmas, Art Modell gave to me. Logan leaping, Doug Deacon blocking, De Leon a hiking, cardiac kids a winning, darting, intercepting, Newsome a catching, both the Bruins moves. Al's to attacking, Brian Cypher passing, Don Cockcroft kicking on a Radigliano Super Bowl team. On the twelfth day of Christmas, Art Modell gave to me the Browns in the playoffs. Dave Logan leaping, Doug Deacon blocking, De Leon a hiking, cardiac kids a winning, Darden intercepting, Newsome a catching, all the Bruins moves. Al's A to attacking, Brian Cypher passing, Don Cockcroft kicking on a Radigliano Super Bowl Back. Wow, Don Pardo, everybody. Spooky Don Pardo. Spooky Don Pardo. <laughs> so, he is literally under the floorboards of the studio. Very cool reverb going on down there. I'm your host, Brian Costco, six P's and a P here on AquabareLegion.com, your one source for force. Joined by Chris Poland. Yep. Dave Obenauer. Hey. And Don Pardo. It's me! <laughs> he just says that to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> All guests, including the wonderful Mr. Don Pardo's ghost under the floorboards, are brought to you by... Aqua Bear Legion! This week. You should also check out Pierogi Mountain. That's important. They have delicious pierogi. You've heard enough about them. And Aquabear Legion is the website that hosts this show. They're awesome. I've been helping run it with Todd Jacobs and the help of many other people since 2004. And this week, if all goes well, we're hoping to launch our uh, pre-order for a double LP we're putting out in spring of 2015 featuring 24 Ohio bands. Check out aquabearlegion.com to find out more and our you know fundraising, crowdsourcing, pre-order stuff. It's going to be really cool. So that's it. Aquabare Legions brought Don Pardo back to life. <laughs> Damn you, Aquabare Legion! It was, the, it was the force. The force of the source. <laughs> also, before we get into Pie Corner, I wanted to, the Peapotty award-winning Pie Corner, I wanted to mention that I think this show should start in Enemies of the Show list. Nixon's oh. life. Nice. Yeah, you like that? I think it's a good idea. I don't know. Do we want to be like Nixon? Totally. Yes. 
Weiss. Okay. Sam Weiss, enemy of the show, former Bengals head coach, who said once when crowds in Cincinnati started throwing snowballs on the field and at referees and players, you people aren't from Cleveland, you're from Cincinnati, imploring with them to act more civilized. And that yeah. guy's an asshole. And I think that happened 25 years ago today. Really? Yeah. Or not today. I made that up completely. 25 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. They were talking about that. They were talking about that on the game. And it was really funny. At one point, you know, obviously when a team loses this battle, the announcers started talking about all sorts of stuff. And it wasn't like the Bengals were doing too much exciting things either. But they were literally just talking about how nice the people of Cleveland were at one point. And the guy mentioned, you know, like, <laughs> he just, it was it was pretty entertaining to listen to them just talk about, like, well, and how about those people? <laughs> Aren't they, I mean, I met a few of them outside. They're just the nicest people. Oh, there you have it. <laughs> Wendy Dalton, ooh, incomplete. And, I feel like, uh, wouldn't the nicest people be uh, Packers fans? Aren't Wisconsin people nice? They do love sausage and beer and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> but Sam, uh, the the Sam Weish thing, they played some sort of slideshow of it. I'm not sure when it happened. I think it was this week. And one of the announcers must have played for him at some point. I was really hazy on the details. I just know John Lynch was... I don't think it was him. But he... Uh, Basically, like, contrary to what Sam Weiss said, Cleveland people, fairly nice. Mm. <laughs> All right, it is time for Pie Corner. Are you boys ready? Yep. Sure. <clears throat> pie Corner. Come get you some pie. Pie Corner. It's hot and it's nice. Um, this week, we're just going to eat some humble pie because our team sucks. <laughs> It does um, not taste good. No, it tastes bad, and I feel bad. In a way, I just, you know, I dared to be hopeful. It had been so long since they had seemed to have any potential. And, you know, I guess that's where expectation comes back in, Dave, to go back to what we were talking about earlier, that at 7, like, how do you feel at this point now? What's the point? Now we are might be 7 and 9 and still not know who our future quarterback is. That is some humble pie. Mm. Dream of playoffs. Playoffs! Playoffs! <laughs> Are you kidding me? I just hope we win a game! Six and three at one point, and now seven and seven, and we don't know what's going on. So, on this episode of Humble Pie, I want to talk about what the point is now. What are you excited to watch for in these next two games? If you're excited, if not, whatever. Tell us why. Dave. Um... Maybe to see Manziel do better. <laughs> okay, I can see that. I, I was, there, there is something nice about like getting Manziel's first few shitty NFL games out at the end of a season when playoff hopes are dead. So right. maybe when we come yeah. in next year, he'll... He's fight with Kyle Orton for a starting job or some dumb shit, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Guys... Who's it going to be? It's going to be like Matt Schaub. It's going to be somebody who hasn't even fucking played. Sam Bradford. I'm two mechanical ACLs. 
Brian Costco. Brian Costco. Marvin Lewis is definitely going to call me a midget. The ghost, <laughs> the ghost of Don Pardo. He could be our quarterback. What, uh, Chris, what are you excited for? Nothing. I'm not excited to watch these next two games. Yeah? Um, you mentioned yeah. coming to Athens. That might be a way to make it fun. Yeah, okay, there you go. I'm excited to be around friends for a football game. Because right. Dave's gone the next two weekends, so I can't watch with him. Yeah. That's why he's excited. He's going to miss it. <laughs> I may just say you're going to enjoy the games, Dave, if you're going to be gone. Well, I mean, I'll be in northern Ohio, so it'll be on the television. All right. Yeah. It'll be on that everywhere. I love that. Northern Ohio always holds such a special place in my heart. I loved one time me and Sherry were going to the game on a Sunday, and we had been hanging out with my folks, like, the day, night before, and we had gone to a Bob Evans, like, outside of Cleveland, between Lorraine and Cleveland, for, like, a late breakfast, and like 90% of the Bob Evans was wearing some sort of like browns. Men were literally wearing polo brown shirts. Like you could wear that to a funeral in Northern Ireland. <laughs> it's appropriate as a collar. You're solid, you know? It's great. All right, set it off to Leroy. That's it for Pie Corner. Hi, I'm Leroy Kelly, formerly of the Cleveland Browns, and I'm listening to Six Peas in a Pie. <laughs> Something like that. So, Chris. Yeah. Whenever we can talk about anything other than football, we do try to. And in this t- this case, we want to talk about wrestling a little bit. Yeah, I do. There were some wrestling personalities uh, connected to Cleveland who were in the public eye yesterday. Yesterday being Sunday. Um, well, you, you saw or heard uh, the King Jerry Lawler on a yes. Browns pregame show? Yeah, it was pretty rad. I was actually I was running to Siemens, the grocery store. Uh, Sunday before the game, and I was listening to the pregame, and like Tony Grossi or somebody was like interviewing Jerry the King Lawler like on the field, while Dolph Ziggler and The Miz uh, threw a ball back and forth. And, yeah, uh, Jerry both Lawler from Ohio, of course, all those guys from Ohio. But uh, it was pretty cool, and I texted you immediately because I was like, "The King's on the radio, on the field." Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, did he? What do you have to say? He just shrieked a bunch, and then I went inside and got some milk. Mm. Did he uh, say anything horrible about women or breasts? <laughs> Not that I heard, but I imagine he probably did later on. He seemed like he was raring up for something. Maybe he was thinking it. <laughs> yeah, he probably was. So why were all these people there? What was going on? Oh, the uh, pay-per-view, TLC, and stairs apparently this time. Uh, was in Cleveland last night. Tables, ladders, and chairs. Of course. Uh, that was in Cleveland last night, and Dolph Ziggler himself was in the opening bout, um, challenging for and winning the Intercontinental Championship belt in a ladder match. Love to have him on the show. And he was wearing uh, tights with a brownie on the butt. All right. He's doing the, uh, the Manziel money, too. The money brownie. Yeah, take that. We can win that stuff. <laughs> well, so, you know, at least, uh, you know, one Cleveland athlete had a winning performance yesterday. Yeah, there you go. And that's your brighter linings playbook. <laughs> 
Yeah, so that was pretty cool. I actually know one Matt Hillis attended both the Browns game and... Oh, my God. That's the best... Well, I guess it was the worst day ever and then the best day ever. Yeah. He was probably... I mean, I got to imagine, like... I got to imagine there's some pretty saucy people heading into that. Like, if... There was probably a lot of people in a similar position. Yeah, yeah. Probably some really upset Browns fans. Hankering for some violence. And just hitting each other with ladders. All right. Well, pretty cool. At least some wrestling happened. Dolph Ziggler won with a brownie on his butt, taking it to Brown Town. I'm talking downtown. <laughs> Thank you, Chris Pullen, for our wrestling update. Chris, do you still do the podcast? Do you want to plug that? Sure. You can find Backstage Pass, Rockstar Pro Wrestling's official podcast, <laughs> at rockstarprowrestling.com. Um, and I think iTunes soon. Oh, awesome. And YouTube. All those places. Rockstar Pro. Chris Poland, everybody. It <laughs> is time to put us all on the hot seats. Hot seat, hot seat, hot seat, hot seat. Hot seat, hot seat, hot seat, hot Who wants to start? What we're going to do here, America, is put all three of us on the proverbial hot seat and the literal hot seat. Don Pardo, light the circle fire of seats. <laughs> Don Pardo. It's on fire! <laughs> Thank you. Don, Don Pardo was confused. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, he is a ghost and he's living in the floor. He didn't... He seems distressed. Even, like... Like, I understand a ghost can't die again, I don't think. I don't know how this works, but... He seems... Like, I'm worried about his well-being. He's already That's a ghost. That we're gonna have to listen to Smash Mouth! <laughs> oh, it's time for Smash Mouth, everybody! All right, who's starting the hot seat? We're all going to ask each other. So are we going round robin where one of us will ask another a question and then that person will ask the third person a question and then a circle like that? Yes. Okay. Brian Costco, I've got you on the hot seat. Hot seat. Who is our kicker now that Cundiff has been waived? I believe that the answer to this question is Garrett Hartley. Is that correct? Ding, 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 ding. All right. I was hoping I had that name right because that's a great name. I'm kind of bummed we didn't see him this week. But um, it's still, you know, I hope we do. Chris Poland. Yes. Billy Cundiff, of course, cut to make way for Garrett Hartley, who has a much better name. Did anybody pick up Billy Cundiff this week on waivers? Probably not. That is correct, because he sucks ass. (laughs) He historically sucks ass. All over the place. All right, Dave, you're on the hot seat. Hot seat, hot seat. Hot seat, hot seat, hot seat, hot seat, hot seat, hot seat. What is... Hot (laughs) (laughs) What is Billy Cundiff doing right now? Uh, Billy Cundiff is eating a can of corn with Whedon. Somewhere. Ooh. Sorry, but no. Wait, no? No, uh, the correct answer is his uh, equal amounts, crying and masturbating. Ooh, (laughs) cryer-baiting. Don, have you ever done that before? All the time! He's doing it now, look. Right now! (laughs) That's what makes that shiver in his voice. <laughs> That's every time he announces Saturday Night Live, he's crier baiting. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Rob Robin, hot seat, hot seat, hot seat, hot seat, hot seat. David, um, 
So does that mean it's me back to you, Brian? Or someone just picked me or Chris, I guess. Okay, uh, Brian, who who is sharing the can of corn with Whedon then if it's not Cundiff? Ooh, good question. I'm going to go ahead and say Brady Quinn. We haven't heard that name around here in a while. Even though I know he's an analyst at Fox News, I feel like they are an analyst at Fox Sports. I feel like they still do meet up for the occasional can of corn or whatever I imagine the halfway point between Notre Dame and Oklahoma State is. That sounds right. Uh, I can't actually see. It's kind of a blurry photo, but um, I'm going to go ahead and assume you're correct. Okay, Chris, I have a question for you. Tati Tati. Ladders or tables? Tables. You know, that's a tough question uh, now that I think about it, but I've already answered. It's the hot seat. Uh, goddamn hot seat. <laughs> Only that rule. Go ahead. Keep it going. Um, this is for Dave. Uh, what's a better nickname than Johnny Football for Johnny Football? Johnny Bench. Oh! Side note. If I can interrupt hot seat for a second. I listen to some ESPN radio I've mentioned before in the car. Johnny Bench does these commercials for, like, Blue Emu Emu Horn Spray, and they are fucking weird, dude. And he says all sorts of weird stuff, including the phrases deep penetration and hard-to-reach areas. What's Emu Horn Spray? Yeah, what is that? I think it's, like, a weird uh, GNC version of that shit that, like, Ray Lewis got all hopped up on before the Super Bowl. You know, like, I think it's the idea that, like, there's some shit in an emu that's super healing, and if you condense it in a bottle and Johnny Bench tells you about it during a Reds game, you might buy some and spray it on your knee and think it feels better. Like, you know, rhino horn bullshit. Like, I think (laughs) rhino horn bullshit. That might be the name of this episode. I think (laughs) that... That's snake oil. It's rhino horn bullshit. (laughs) I think that Ray Lewis, it was, like, some sort of... I forget what it was. So he had some sort of horn or like an antler, deer antler, but it was like from this breed of deer that was the most, re, it like regenerated its antlers quicker and stronger than any other being ever. And so the thought is if you spray that like on your, you know, wiener, it gets bigger. I don't know. <laughs> We're not doctors here at 6B and a P, but bring it back to hot seat, hot seat, hot seat. Um, Brian, what? What breed of deer grows its antlers back quicker? Oh, I don't remember the name of it, but we're going to go ahead and call it the Ray Lewis murder deer. I'm pretty sure that's the uh, scientific breed name. So Beautiful. There you go. <laughs> Chris Pullen. Yes. Speaking of terrible Browns quarterbacks, who <laughs> would you rather have? Johnny Football, Colt McCoy, or Derek Anderson? Mm-hmm. Oh, give me Johnny Football. He is the most brownie-like of them all. Horny Scooby. <laughs> we have time uh, for a few more hot seats. Keep them coming. I, I do like how it sounded like during the game that the announcers had officially changed the name of the Cleveland Browns to Johnny Manziel and the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> <laughs> like It's like Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Dave, who is starring in the upcoming Jingle All the Way 2? That would be Larry the Cable Guy. No way. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Yes. 
Is there a is there a wrestler tied to that too? Is that why? Yeah. Um, this bullshit. Santino Morella's in it. Oh. Oh yeah, the the weird guy with the cobra hand. Yep, cobra hand man. Cobra, oh, cobra hands. Got time for a couple more hot seats. Two more. Brian Costco, if you had to have an animal for a hand, what animal would your hand be? Well, I would have said cobra a minute ago, but I don't want to be derivative. So I'm going to go ahead and say alligator. Nice. But actually, that's incorrect. The uh, the correct answer was, oddly enough, flamingo. Because oh. it, uh, it reaches the hard-to-reach crevices. Interesting. I was going to say panda hands. Mm. <laughs> I have. Let me see if I have one more question here. I don't. That's it for hot seat. <laughs> <laughs> Another successful segment. Got that one out of the way. So, uh, do you really? Mm. No, it's over. It's on to tweet of the week, buddy. <laughs> All right, keep up that music, Don. <laughs> it's the tweet of the week. <laughs> That was pretty good. Thank you. All right. Don Pardo, everybody, joining us on the Aquabear Legion Fresh Take Hotline. Also the Pierogi Mountain Co. Fresh Take Hotline. I just ate some of those last night and again for lunch today, and they're awesome. And he did play Santa on the Wine Express, guys. Oh, how was it? Uh, Santa was great. The Wine Express was a lot of people and a lot of wine. Mm, Yeah. Two tweets. (laughs) Not any more exciting or less depressing than the rest of this episode. One comes from the NFL on ESPN, at ESPN NFL from earlier today on Monday. Despite having the worst quarterback rating for a player in his first start in the last five years, Johnny Manziel will start the rest of the season. And finally, to bring it back home a little bit to our man Andrew Hawkins earlier in the episode, Jim Brown, at Jim Brown NFL 32, Freedom of speech is the backbone of democracy. You can't choose when and who should have it. Hashtag, I can't breathe. Panthers. Panthers. Panthers next week. Well, Well, hang on. Doesn't Twest have anything insane to say? I don't know. You guys got to talk about something while I look it. I was about to say uh, Spencer Lanning had a nice tweet. um, Pointing out about uh, how Fox 8 News sent Lil John to the press briefer down in Cincinnati. Uh, yeah, that was awesome. My brother tweeted about that and got featured in a Fox 8 article like where they showed the tweets. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, that was amazing. Seeing little John down there was, was pretty great. He kept asking him about whether it was going to be tougher because he was, like, staying tall in the pocket. <laughs> we have, let's see, what is T. West saying? He says, life is like a battery. You need your positives and negatives to be successful. We're going to bounce. See, like, I kind of get his message there, but what's the bouncing part about? It actually says, we going bounce. What's that mean? What's that have to do with a battery? Let's see. There's a link to an Instagram photo of the Browns coming down the tunnel. Maybe he's talking about a battery for a bouncy castle. Now, on his Instagram, which is at TerrenceWest28, he posts this photo. This is what it links to from the tweet. We're trying to decipher this here, Tweet of the Week. Tweet of the Week CSI, as I like to call this new segment. And Terrence West says a different on the same video of the Browns coming down the field, you know, the tunnel of the field. He says, life is like a battery. 
You need your positives and negatives to be successful. We're going to bounce back. Believe that. Okay, so that the tweet just wants to cut it off, Chris. Ah. Uh, hashtag the future. I am my brother's keeper. At jmanzel2. Hashtag money team. Hashtag free bands. $4 sign money sacks. I don't know what any of what you just said means. <laughs> <laughs> he also the other day posted an Instagram with him. It's like a selfie in the mirror. Um, and he actually has a photo. Man, Terrence West is amazing. He has a photo of himself behind him on the wall. <laughs> it's in the mirror, phone up of him with him behind himself and with the caption, Blessing, with $2 signs for the S's. Huh. Nice. Just be about that action, boss. That's what somebody says. So that's it for the Tweets of the Week. Is retreats of the week. Are we done yet? <laughs> We're turning you. Uh, did Spencer Lanning have one? Did you say that already? Uh, yeah, basically just him pointing out the Fox 8. I think he called them Trolls of the Year or something. Pretty funny. It was I like Spencer Lanning. We should get him on the show. It'd be awesome. Spencer, we'd love to have you on the show. Before we sign off... <laughs> I want him to I have mean, a, a special segment called Spencer's Gifts. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get to talk each week about one gift we'd like to give Spencer Lanning. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the Panthers obviously aren't very good either. There's a pretty good chance we might face Derek Anderson again. Can we win this game anyway? Is it possible? I know we always say it is, but is it for real? Yeah, absolutely. Like the all rest on football. It was a really, football. It was a really bad game. That doesn't mean we can't have a average or good game happen later. And if it's going to happen, it'll be against the Panthers, not the Ravens. So, yeah, I'm just going to hope. Eight 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 eight. Wouldn't it be cool to knock the Ravens out of the playoffs? Though? That would be awesome, Chris. Do you have any faith going into this game? Very little. I guess, as Dave said, if this is our best chance, then I don't know. we got to have some hope, I guess. But I don't know. I kind of agree that it would be nice to play the spoiler to the Ravens. Um, right. But, you know, I'll take that win in either of these two games if we can possibly get it, but it's hard to bounce back from that 30 nothing thrashing. Yeah, that was demoralizing. Whatever, let's do it. Let's beat the fucking Panthers. They suck. Their uniforms are stupid, too. <laughs> yeah, stupid gradient. And to end this week's episode on a note that doesn't have to, anything to do with the football being played by the Browns and is, you know, maybe not as depressing, what'd you guys think of the all-Brown uniform? I dug it. Yeah, it was all right. Yeah, pretty cool, I thought. I'm still nervous about the uniform change. Yeah. Every time they do something new, it normally sucks. And, of course, when they do the old things, that sucks, too, because it always sucks. Oh, yeah, that bumblebee bullshit that the Steelers wear. I hate them so much. On the on the plus side, ladies can see Roethlisberger coming from far away. So, like a self-defense thing. Spray it in his eyes and kick him in the dick. <laughs> well... I felt like we tried our best, guys, to be somewhat entertaining and jovial in light of a very terrible, terrible afternoon of football. And thanks for joining me. Yeah. Thanks for having us.
Don, yeah. thanks for coming. Out. All right. Something he's getting further away. Is he outside now? I'm outside now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm your host, Brian Costco. Thanks to Chris, Dave, and Don for joining me. Ian and Weeby, we missed you, Weeby. Thanks for the broken bandwagon. You can find us on Twitter at 6B1P. That's the number six, letter B, number one, letter P. Tweet at us. Send us some stuff. You can also find us on Facebook by searching six Bs in a P or just typing that all together. It'll get to us eventually. AquabearLegion.com hosts us. We love them. Go check out their Kickstarter or Indiegogo or whatever it ends up being. Get a record. It's great. Thanks, all of you out there, for listening. Let's hope the Browns beat the Panthers next week. I can't do this anymore. Go Browns! Go Browns!